Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 143 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to TechTales and Paranormal Primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I want to share with you an anecdote that I uh, found amusing and uh, slightly uh, odd um, uh, in preparation for the show tonight. I felt the the odd urge to like brush my teeth as if I were going to be encountering you like in meat space in like in a 3D IRL kind of situation. You worried your breath is going to come through on Skype? No, not even that. I was like somehow convinced that we'd be able to interact in a physical space together. And I think it's partly because I visited your place of work last night. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. My uh, wife was allowed to go pick up um, because my wife and you both work in the same uh, uh, university and she was allowed an hour to go pick up all of her her stuff from her office to come home. Yeah. Last I heard, we were allowed 10 minutes and they like time you. Nope. An hour. Wow. Yes. So uh, I was waiting right by your office pretty much uh, last night and was very amused by that. I haven't needed to pick up anything from my office, luckily. So, I mean... <laughs> You're a pretty nomadic person when it comes to that, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to have my little Star Wars toys that I have on my no. desk. Although like I do you, miss my Rubik's Cube. You, you have how many pictures of your kids? Like 30,000 or whatever? I think you'll be able to find a couple to put up in your in your new space. Yeah, well, this is the first podcast recording from my new space. And uh, my worry has been that it might sound weird, but we'll see. I, sounds okay. You, you think I sound fine, right? Yes, there's not much noise. And I feel like, uh, once again, in classic Angelo fashion, you sort of obsessed over this all week. Yeah, well, I want to make sure uh, we have a good product for our, our, our listeners. You were worried about dropping your computer down the stairs. You were worried about the, the sound. You are worried about the fridge uh, turning on soon enough. Well, the fridge will likely turn on. And uh, that's the thing with our basement. It's what we would say semi-finished. So there's walls and everything's painted and there's floors, but there is no ceiling. Um, with the hopes of maybe one day putting a suspended ceiling. I like having access to wires. It was really <laughs> handy this week because I needed to move some. You feel like you're inside the machine. Yeah, that's great. I see all the uh, duct work and everything. So Angela, if I said 143 to you, do you know what that would mean to you? It's the episode? Well, firstly, but it's also secondly, coded language for I love you, right? 143. I didn't know that. I didn't either, but uh, someone I know, I wasn't really listening to the story a couple of years ago when they explained this to me, but there's this whole thing on the Howard Stern show where they confronted one of the regulars about texting, someone was texting their wife, like 143, and it was like code for I love you. There was like a, I'm not quite sure of the story, and I also don't care enough to Google it. Uh, All that to say, Angelo, if I I say 143 to you, then you know that this is real. Wasn't that the code for murder in uh, that uh, future movie with uh, Sandra Bullock and Sylvester Stallone? Oh, uh, (laughs) <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about yeah right? uh i know 187 right which is homicide yeah i think it was 187 but okay why can't i remember the name of that movie i want to say judge dread but it's not no judge it's not Dredd. judge dread no keep going uh i know that uh wesley snipes was in it yeah he was the bad guy uh demolition man yes i will yes i was going to give you another 10 seconds before saying demolition man yeah it came to me I love that. Do you remember how weird that movie was about like um, when they had to put the helmets on for intercourse? Do you remember that part? Yes, that was odd. Also about how uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger became president. Yes. Well, hmm, close enough. Yeah. Well, he became governor. He did become governor. Yay. Uh, but yeah, uh, also like uh, Benjamin Bratt's in there, Dennis Leary too. Uh, kind of Dennis Leary too, the sequel to Dennis Leary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of forgot about that movie. So let's bring things back from the future to the present and then from Earth to space, Angelo, because I found the most riveting story, uh, which is perfect double density fodder. And that is, of course, later this year, if all goes well, the International Space Station will receive an important new delivery, a new and improved toilet system. The toilet system uh, for astronauts uh, is pretty horrifying to me. 
Yeah, it very much is. And uh, I was very amused by this, right? So uh, according to the space.com article, the commode is NASA's universal waste management system. So they need to upgrade from like uh, what we considered space age a couple of decades ago to the new space age. Yes, so, they. I think what they were using was a sort of modified version of what they had on the space shuttle, right? Yes, exactly. And so uh, one of the reasons why they're doing this, of course, is because uh, manned missions to Mars will begin in the next couple of years. And they sort of want to figure out what to do with the waste because current estimates, according to the article, suggest that whatever kind of, of uh, vehicle will end up going to Mars will need to manage about 600 pounds or 270 kilograms of solid waste, 75% of which is water. So they're trying to figure out a challenge in terms of like trying to deal with that. This is why I never became an astronaut. Yeah, well, I mean, one like, among one reason among many. I was about probably. to say, like the rigorous training, the dedication, the all the education you need. Yes. Uh, so sometime in the fall, this new uh, toy system is supposed to end up up there. Uh, I don't know if you saw a picture of the uh, the new one. I did. Yes, it's it's not bad looking. It kind of looks like a Lysol wipe container. Yeah, it's and I mean the other one was like a series of tubes, like the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and these are the kinds of questions you kind of never uh, think about top line, right? Like, okay, like man missions tomorrow, sure, how will people survive? But then also, like, how will people um, survive their day-to-day? And the original toilet that they had, or that they still currently have, is not really conducive to women using it very well. No, exactly. So this is more of an egalitarian, I can't say that word. No, Egalitarian. There we go. Uh, it's more yeah. of an egalitarian um, a take on uh, being able to use uh, the washroom up in space, right? So uh, the ISS is kind of like a training ground for uh, you know future uh, man endeavors, which I find sort of interesting. I mean, you're going to need to be able to poop all the. How, how long does it take to get to to Mars? Uh, a couple of years, several, like two or three years. I can't remember. I can't remember. Years? The exact I thought date. it was a few months. No, hold on. So uh, manned mission to Mars. Like, let's use the internet to uh, sort of solve this one out. Okay. Oh no, you were right. I was wrong. Uh, I conflated the number of time it took to when they wanted to do things. Right. So it was around seven months. But okay. uh, the plan is in two or three years. Yeah. So they'll need to poop a lot. Yes. So Mars One is planning to leave in 2023. So that's what I was thinking. I wonder if the uh, pandemic has set them back at all. I don't know. That's a good question. We should, uh, I mean, I don't think so in terms of like being able to reach space. I guess not. I mean, they've been able to work from home and stuff, so. Yeah, and I mean, like you can still go to the bathroom at home, right? So if you have a working prototype of the uh, the waste management system, why not, you know, put it to good use before giving it to the the astronauts up there? Practice it. Exactly. Like, uh, I would sign up for that. I don't know if I'd sign up for a manned mission to Mars. Like, I don't know how you feel about that, right? Because of the fact that if you decide to sign up, there's no guarantee that you're coming back, Angela. Brian, I hardly like leaving the house. I know. Like, this working from home situation, once again, is your ideal solution to a lot of society's problems. I did leave the house yesterday, though. Where did you go? Oh, God. Uh, We went to my mother-in-law's house. And uh, one of the things we did for her is install a new router because they were having a lot of trouble with their internet. She couldn't even use her iPad in her living room. And how far away is the modem or the router uh, from the living room? The router was in the basement in the middle of the house, but I guess there's some interference that wasn't allowing it to get to the living room. So uh, we did what uh, any good son-in-law does and install an Eero set. Here's a suggestion for you. A while back, you had told me that your in-laws had sold a home that was purportedly haunted, right? Well, that was her, her. That was her mother's home. So my right. my wife's grandmother's home. Yes. Okay. Uh, maybe the familiar ghost followed them there. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, but now it's working. So uh, Eero uh, busts ghosts as well as uh, dead Wi-Fi zones. <laughs> so how much uh, does one retail for in Canada? 
my wife had asked me to get her one and I said, look, let's wait until it's on sale because it is quite expensive. I bought mine on sale as well, saved $70. Uh, so we paid $270 plus tax. Uh, typically, it's um, it's $70 more than that. So you do the math. $340. Uh, 340 yeah, $340. 7 plus 7 is 14, Angelo. Good. So are we establishing that I'm the like I'm the math wizard between the two of us? You could be the astronaut. Uh, really don't want to, but okay. I think I mentioned it when we installed the Eero in my house. My house is kind of easier to do, right? Because it's very square and there's three floors and literally the, the internet access point is in the middle of the house, making things a lot easier. Um, and her place is a little more complicated. When we put it into the basement and then brought one up in the living room where we wanted to place it, it actually said, no, this is a bad placement. Uh, move it. it. It told you what to do. It's pretty good about that. It, it'll tell you if the placement is not ideal and gives you a suggestion of what to do. And uh, we moved it. And a uh, big difference. She can now FaceTime from her backyard. Uh, you must be excited by all of these different things. Yes. Well, it, it makes me happy to make other people happy. They even sent me a text message at the end of the night and said, thank you so much for the arrow. <laughs> then she wanted to know how much it cost so she could pay us back. And we, we kind of didn't talk about that. Because, I mean, in their heads, what, a router is 50 bucks? Yeah. The internet is one thing that exists. Yeah. So, because they were renting a really crummy router for five dollars a month from their internet provider. No, you, you shouldn't be doing that. No, so if you can't, if you can avoid it. Yeah. So we figured, you know what? Let's save them some money, get them something good, and uh, I'm 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 enjoying having a Nero now too because, uh, like we mentioned at the top of the show, I'm in the basement now, and the internet was used to be next to my computer, and now it still is next to my computer. I'm still actually, I guess you'd say like pseudo wired because it is. I'm using an Ethernet cable into my Eero, but there's no actual Ethernet cable coming into my Eero. Right. If you know what I mean. But yes. it's still working well. My internet speeds are still uh, my regular... Blazing one, fast. 130 megabits per second. Perfect. So that way you can... Uh, why don't you become a Twitch streamer? I am already. You just don't know about it. <laughs> uh, Angela, I feel like you like taking uh, uh, orders from uh, robotic things, yes? That's why. That's another reason why I don't want to become an astronaut. I saw Space Camp. There was that robot in there. <laughs> I'm bringing up the idea of uh, taking information uh, and orders from robots because of the fact that you can now buy the Boston, uh, the Boston Dynamics uh, dog, the spot dog, for uh, $74,500. So you can do that, and then you'll have a dog that will eventually uh, learn to kill you. Yes, and you can also buy uh, add-ons that are crazy expensive. You can buy a LiDAR and awareness kit for another $34,570 American. So it can easily find you when it needs to kill you. Yes, so now it can climb boxes and scare the crap out of you. We've talked about this, but it reminds me of that uh, Black Mirror episode. One of the best Black Mirror episodes, I would say. What was it, uh, what was it called? Black Dog? A heavy metal? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, was the theme I'm song blanking. the uh, Led Zeppelin song? Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zeppelin 4. I think you and I have discussed Zeppelin on this uh, podcast before. Yeah, not a bad little band. No. Uh, speaking of dystopian um, uh, works of art and other things that scare in the night, I linked you to a patch.com article about how a filmmaker got the number one movie in America during a pandemic. Before we go into the article, the only thing I thought of once I finished reading it was they sort of cheated. Yeah, no. No? It's not cheating? I don't, uh, I think it's a, it's, it's a David Goliath situation, right? Okay, well, explain what they did. Okay, so uh, Christian Nelson of West Hampton Beach um, had uh, posted a Facebook update speaking about how he and YouTuber Eric Tabak had basically created a movie, shot it on Zoom, and then uh, four-walled a movie there. So the practice of four-walling a film means that the filmmaker rents the entirety of the hall um, 
out and then they become the ticket seller, not the movie theater. Um, most famously, most recently, uh, Kevin Smith has been known to do road shows where he four walls and then uh, moves um, throughout North America in order to show whatever um, piece of work he's working on as well as doing a Q&A and things like that. So basically what the filmmakers did is they bought every seat in the house, which drives up uh, net receipts, right? So um, the theater uh, is then reporting to uh, the trades that they uh, sold um, X amount of tickets and then, uh, so the horror film Unsubscribe, Born Over Zoom, became the number one movie in all of America. And by doing that, they just recoup all their money. They, have, they don't lose any money doing this either, right? Except for the, I guess, for the renting. No, exactly, because all the profits go to them. Like I said, I thought it felt a bit like cheating, but it's also brilliant. I mean, it's an interesting time that we live in, right? And I do feel like in the face of mega corporations emerging and conglomerates forming and uh, the box office being uh, sort of like ruled by Disney, more or less, I feel like things and stories like this is very, very, you know, they're very exciting kind of tales to talk about. It's kind of fun that they were able to do this. Now, I mean, they're in the books now as having the number one movie this uh, this time of year in the summer. They also mentioned how last year, this time of year, it was The Secret Life of Pets 2 that was the number one movie. It seems like a lifetime ago. And if you'd like, you can also watch Unsubscribe over on Vimeo if you'd like. But yeah, I thought this was an interesting loophole in ways, uh, in the way of being able to sort of uh, gain some traction. And I, I mean, like, listen, the fact that we're talking about this movie on a podcast means that their ploy worked, right? Yeah. Did you watch the movie, Brian? No, I have not watched it yet. Double Density presents the sounds of your youth. Double Density. It's the 45th anniversary of Jaws today. Jaws is 45 years old? 45 years old, my friend. Oh, because I'm, I'm almost 45 years old, so that's horrifying. Summer blockbuster, right? The very concept of Jaws uh, being out in so many multiplexes and cinemas at the time created basically what is the summer blockbuster, right? One of the best theme songs of all time. Agreed. Uh, one of the best posters, a fun cautionary tale about going to swim when you shouldn't. Should I watch that with my kids? Uh, how old's your youngest? She's 11. I think I saw Jaws before Wait, I was Wait, your 11, youngest buddy? is 11? Sorry, my oldest is 11. My youngest is 6. She would be able to handle it. He may not be able to. I don't know how old I was when I saw Jaws, but the rules were different, right? Like, I, I watched a lot of stuff I should never have watched. Same. Uh, for example, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like eight. That's another movie I can't show my wife. No, no. So uh, let's turn this into the movies I can't show my wife or kids <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I would love that. We should come up with a list next week. Actually, you know, that'd be a fun summer activity. Let's do that. Uh, on the top of my list, of course, is Human Centipede 133. Yeah, uh, Training Day would be a good kid mm. movie not to watch with kids. A, a, a Serbian film, too. Uh, if you don't know that one, Angelo, don't look it up. I uh, do not recommend uh, watching that. Uh, how about um, Attack of the, the Killer Tomatoes? Yeah, that actually wouldn't be that bad for your kids. The uh, George Clooney classic. Yeah, the second one. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that on what used to be our movie network called First Choice. Remember that? Oh, First yes, Choice, of course. Canada? Uh, one of the things I've been doing apart from watching trash TV is also I've been distracting myself by watching old um, uh, commercial compilations, uh, specifically Canadian ones. Oh, wow. Canadian commercials are the best. Yes. And so like uh, there's a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of promos for first choice. I so I haven't seen any of those in a while. But if I heard, you know, like the what would you call it? Fanfare or whatever? One of yes. Like the, yeah. That would probably bring some uh, great memories back if I went and listened to it. I might do that after we finish recording. Angel, do you remember there was a time when t- uh, TV stations would sign off? Yes. They don't do that anymore because there's nobody has TV stations. Uh, but the funny thing is I watched a, a sign-off from the CBC from the 90s and that was uh, in the summer when I knew that I'd gone to bed too late. 
it's fun to get nostalgic. I mean, this podcast, a lot of it is about being nostalgic about technology too, which we haven't done any real nostalgic tech pieces in a while. No, it's true. Maybe this is something we could explore more in depth. But yeah, definitely watching, because um, I didn't have cable growing up. So there was two channels, there was CBC and CTV. And they used to have late movies on the regular, especially in the summer. So I'd stay up and watch those a lot. I didn't care what the movie was. A lot of the time I'd stay up and watch it anyways. Well, that's how you ended up watching stuff that you really had no business caring or watching when you were a kid. Like I used to watch MASH as a kid because that's what was on at seven o'clock because there was nothing else on. Yeah, same thing with uh, Seinfeld, right? Which I've come to appreciate as an adult, but as a kid, I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, you were a kid when Seinfeld was out. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, when it first started, yeah. You're a baby. Anyways, Angela, with that, let's wrap things up. And uh, this kind of, because this this is starting to get like um, summer sleepover uh, vibes. So let's wrap this up. We'll uh, talk <laughs> about summer films uh, on a future episode. And then let's go to the paranormal side of things. Great. That's also some summer sleepover talking paranormal stuff. It's true. Bring your flashlight. All right. Hello. And welcome, Peter. I'm a computer guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So, first things first on the docket is a Forbes article entitled, There are at least 36 intelligent alien civilizations in our galaxy, say scientists. So a, a group of scientists from the University of Nottingham say they've come up with this sort of equation that has figured out that there are at least 36 ongoing intelligent civilizations in our Milky Way galaxy. Um, the biggest um, assertion um, and presumption they're making here is that it takes about 4.5 billion years of evolution before um, uh, a human-like civilization would rise. And and then the, the civilization has to last at least enough time to get to the point where they can actually communicate. They mentioned the article, we've been communicating as we have for about 100 years, where we've been able to, uh, what they call a SETI civilization, right? Communicating extraterrestrial intelligent civilization. Um, any any relation to C-SETI? <laughs> We're not diving down that deep hole of the uh, uh, Stephen Greeners today. No, too bad. But yeah, we, I mean, we really, we've been around for thousands of years. Yes, as, as human civilizations have like gone up and down, uh, but we were the first ones to be able to communicate globally and out into the stars. Right. So the idea that uh, you can catch radio transmissions um, as well as like pick up um, uh, satellite feeds and things from television. So the uh, group from the university uh, used a calculation that took into account things like star formation histories, how common uh, metal-rich stars are, you know, in stars like the sun, and the likelihood of stars hosting Earth-like planets in their habitable zones. They call this the astrobiological Copernican limit. That's a mouthful, but you said it in one take. Perfect. Unlike other words I've said this episode, <laughs> I'm learning slowly but surely. Good job. I find this kind of interesting that they've set a number to it. I mean, 36 kind of seems arbitrary, but I guess there's some uh, good scientician uh, calculations in there. <laughs> I mean, uh, one of the things to uh, take into account when you're thinking about things like this is that we've been making presumptions about what's in space and how many different alien civilizations there are, you know, for millennia almost, right? I was listening to a Coast to Coast AM episode from 1997 where um, uh, experts were trying to figure out how many intelligent civilizations are out there. Um, and I mean, like, scientifically, not just, like, the Galactic Federation is out there and waiting for me. Yeah, I, I mean, the Drake equation was the first, and this is kind of a riff on that. Yeah, I mean, it's like a modified Drake equation. Yeah. When you think about how many stars there are just in our galaxy, it's almost silly to think that there isn't some other intelligent civilization out there thinking, hey, are there other intelligent civilizations? My concern for us is uh, the implications when you think about the Fermi paradox. 
Right. Uh, so to anyone, and I think we've discussed this before, but uh, to anyone who doesn't know, the Fermi paradox is, of course, the contradiction between the lack of evidence of alien life up there and out there, and also the uh, high, I don't know if 36 is high or not, high estimate of uh, their probability existing. Yeah, well, the what popped into my head was uh, from the Fermi paradox, that great filter, uh, which is uh, kind of a horrifying thought, right? Is uh, that right. all these civilizations end up getting filtered out because they kind of destroy themselves or there's some sort of stepping stone that most of them never get past. Do you feel as though perhaps we are uh, being filtered right now <laughs> in this in this uh, day and age? Considering what's happening in the world right now with how uh, there's some good things happening, yes, but they're What's all your favorite out. thing happening right now? Um, did you hear about these two guys that uh, rented a movie theater and got the number one movie in America? <laughs> I thought you were going to say being able to watch my kids grow from such a close distance. Oh, okay. That's that's the sweet thing to say. Now, my, my, my answer was jokey, but uh, what good things that are happening, I don't have to take the train every day. It's true. I don't have to hear about you taking the train every day. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Do I tell you every day that I took the train? No, we talk about it on a regular basis because you see people misusing their tech all the time and you get very mad. Oh, it's true. I haven't seen that in a while. Do you want me to do you want me to drive by and I'll just like I'll like throw a laptop at the like the car window I'll like uh, No, just do a drive by portrait filming. Right. And then I'll just send it to you anonymously afterwards. Yeah. People just hold your phone sideways when you do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also just zoom in to the biggest possible resolution. Yeah, if you see a light in the sky, zoom in on it. Make sure there's no actual sense of what we're looking at. That's uh, I love how you this. make a UFO. I love this. Summer summer sleepover uh, vibes here. Did I ever tell you about my uh, haunted house? <laughs> uh, are you looking at exposed wires right now and telling me this? Uh, you, should see, you should see how many exposed wires are above my head. I can't even count them. Returning to my original question, do you feel as though perhaps we are uh, encountering uh, a, a filtering of sorts going on here? And I don't mean like, uh, you know, by the, uh, the media lying to you and uh, sheeple wise, but I mean like seriously, uh, you know, uh, being able to sort of uh, see a pattern of self-destruction that we're constantly in. I can't think back to another time in in my life when there's been more stuff happening. Yeah, that's a good point. But I also think that we're way more present for it because we have nothing else to look at. That's true. Uh, we, you know, we always say, oh, well, we never used to think about this. This never happened. But I think it just, we it wasn't as exposed, right? It's, no, and exactly. It and it goes back to the point of, uh, hey, uh, if uh, we're seeing all these things, why aren't there more UFOs? I mean, look, the, the US said, hey, uh, forget about our horrible response to this pandemic. Look, UFOs. And nobody cared. Yeah, no, Don Jr. asking uh, Donald Trump about uh, UFOs was certainly a uh, low and high point uh, in this year, already filled with low and high points. I can't wait for the debates. Angelo, let us uh, talk about uh, a moment in time right now, shall we? Yes. I linked you to a Mel Magazine article entitled West Virginians are campaigning to replace Confederate statues with Mothman, and I am so in favor of this. This is uh, a great idea to pop out over these troubled times. So I guess it depends on where you fall about the Mothman, right? Do you believe that he was an omen of bad things to come, or was he trying to warn humanity about the, uh, uh, the bridge collapse in Point Pleasant? Well, based on what um, there's a, a quote in the article uh, because of that one quote, I can't stop staring at his abs. Oh, the one at the, at the end of the article? Yes. And it, that he also has a great ass? Yeah, he is ripped. He's jacked, yeah. So reading this made me, you know, you, know, you always think of the Mothman as a, a bad guy. But now it makes me think, you know, he's trying to warn people that bad stuff's going to happen. 
Um, what what happened in Chicago with the the Mothman? He never really showed up again, right? No, he didn't. We never followed up on that, and nothing ever happened. It's kind of sad. <laughs> well, I mean, like things come and go in waves, right? Yeah, I for one am totally uh, excited to see uh, racist statues come down for something that will maybe give kids nightmares, but it also is a little more positive. I think you'd also start dreaming about things a little bit better, right? You know, if it's a Confederate statue of a uh, someone from the Civil War versus a uh, sign of a danger to come, right? Like you're saying a preventative sign, then I'm uh, fully for this. Through the course of doing this podcast with you, before that, I, did, I, I had a passing knowledge of the Mothman. I've grown to love the Mothman. He still creeps me out, don't get me wrong. And the idea of somebody calling me and saying chapstick over and over again um, <laughs> always worries me. But it's still pretty amazing that I've learned so much about this 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 thing in just, uh, what, it's been three years we've been doing the podcast? Yeah, almost, yeah, pretty much three years and two months now. Yeah, and before that, I didn't really know, know much about the Mothman. So... I think I'd be all for this because uh, Mothman is pretty cool. And if we could replace it with statues as cool as the one that's, uh, that's already up. I agree. Good. So my question to you is, uh, firstly, what do you think Mothman smells like? Smells like? Yeah. Mothballs. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why didn't I think of that? No, I'm just laughing because uh, in the article, um, they quote Jay Sison, who's a teacher, right? So he puts up pictures of the Sasquatch, the Flywoods monster, and uh, Mothman too, who he sees as a... Um, a sign of sorts, right? Uh, it can embody the spirits uh, and beat the odds, right? Yeah, a symbol of something bigger is what he said. Right. Um, but I just was thinking, like, the skunk ape is called the skunk ape because it smells so bad. So I'm just curious, what does Mothman smell like? Of course you say mothballs. That kind of makes sense. But no, it actually wouldn't because mothballs repel moths. So it probably wouldn't smell like mothballs. What's the opposite of mothballs? Any flat surface with uh, with a light? One of the many points that the article makes, of course, is that monuments celebrating uh, Confederate soldiers uh, aren't actually celebrating history. They're specifically created to intimidate black Americans. And I actually do agree with this. On the heels of Juneteenth, um, I feel... Uh, more strongly than ever, that we need to have a conversation uh, also in Canada too, because like we pretend we're not racist, but a vice article just and a CBC article just came out about how we uh, rank third amongst uh, the population in terms of visiting um, uh, secret groups on Facebook, as well as uh, websites that uh, celebrate inflammatory speech. There's some horribly racist people in this country. Uh, don't, uh, <laughs> don't let the hype of Canada uh, fool you. We still have racism here. I actually got into a fight with someone uh, a year or two ago on Twitter all about this, where she told me that Canada isn't racist. And I said, and then I just, I linked her to a buttload of articles and uh, she never said anything. I think she might have blocked me. You're never going to win against something like that, right? Because everything you throw at them is just going to convince them that the opposite is true. Right. It's a, it's a kind of doubling down. They live in echo chambers, most of these people. Yes. So, I mean, like the thing uh, with that is, and I keep saying the thing tonight, and I, I had disabused myself of that uh, previously, so I'm still working on that. But uh, I guess the, the point I want to make all about this is that I tried to have a constructive conversation with someone, and of course that did not work out because constructive conversations do not exist on the internet. Specifically, they do not exist on Twitter anymore. No, you need to have a podcast with somebody if you want to have a constructive conversation. But the problem is with the podcast with you is that we were mostly in agreement about a lot of different things. Everything important, we kind of agree on. Yeah, I feel like if we were more oppositional about a number of issues, then that would make a uh, podcast interesting and also probably make us uh, redline or peak a lot more in terms of tone of volume. Yes, um, I need to use uh, more compression, which I would enjoy. <laughs> it's your dream. Uh, you also recently um, shared an audio clip with me that you can drop right here, I guess. 
Greeting cyberspace. 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 We should have brought that up uh, in the tech section, but who cares? Because you basically had fun with my voice, and I will live with that. It's always fun, Angelo. I worry about your uh, free time. I have been enjoying using uh, my uh, my new setup because there's more privacy. I have my. I don't have to like go get a keyboard or anything, or I can be a little louder than I used to be. So now I uh, was playing around with a um, sampler because Logic Five, Logic Ten Point Five, so Logic Pro Ten. People call it Logic Pro X. That's wrong. It's Logic Pro Ten. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. that you're basically correcting all the the interners out there who won't be listening to this part of the episode. Yeah, uh, but Logic uh, Pro Ten Point Five. Updated uh, lots of stuff, a huge update, and uh, we're talking about this in the paranormal section because Brian brought it up, and uh, there's a new sampler, and it's pretty cool, and I sampled Brian's voice. I can't wait to see what else you plan on doing this summer with your free time. More podcasting. Have you taken on the uh, the idea of playing uh, lawn bowling? No, lawn darts only. Okay, so you want to injure your children. Yeah, it's fun. Right. Maybe you could do a casino night with them, really teach them how to gamble early. Why not? You know, something we don't agree on, Brian. You know, you're talking about things we agree on. We agree on most things. You like scary music sometimes. I do. Me. I do a lot. Yeah, I don't like that music you like. Sometimes you send me a, a link to a band and it's just crazy Swedish metal. Yes, and I love trolling you because it's so easy to do. But then I send you good stuff too. So I think I balance things out. I don't always punish you. Most of the time, it's okay. Thank you, Angelo. I feel like uh, episode 143 has sort of run its course. Uh, yeah, it's reached the great filter. Um, uh, my, last qu- oh, my last question for you then in that case is if you could erect or replace um, a statue of like, let's say like Johnny McDonald in Canada, who would you put up? Mr. Jessup. That's a good one. I would also suggest our UFO dad, J. Allen Hynek. He's great too. I feel like that would be a, a good one. I-, I like Mr. Jessup. That's a really interesting choice, actually. And he sort of looks like my dad, so that's great too. So you just want a statue selfishly that kind of looks like your dad that you can wave at? Yeah. I, always, I grew up with Mr. Jessup. Our American listeners who are wondering who Mr. Jessup was, he was a, uh, he hosted a children's show on the CBC and it was great. Um, so we'll drop a link to the intro, I guess, in the show notes for anyone who is unaware of uh, what we're talking about here. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. I think we're exposing people to Canadian culture slowly but surely, one episode at a time. Well, I mean, we've made our friend Rob honorary Canadian. It's true. It's true. Although I think he felt that way before he even met us. But we just solidified that fact, yeah, I think. We helped him out. Uh, all that to say, we would love to hear all about your uh, summertime uh, tech issues, your summertime sleepover uh, topics of choice. Are you reading more? Are you reading less? Are you watching more? Listening to more? Listening to less? Watching less? Uh, go ahead and tweet us uh, at, on Twitter. You can hit us up at double underscore density and then double density podcast over on Instagram. And then, of course, you can also hit up doubledensity.net to find all the different ways in which you can subscribe to our podcast on different platforms, as well as uh, see our pasty white unsummary faces. I uh, put up a picture on the Instagram account of um, a mural I found in my neighborhood of aliens with a uh, telescope, which I thought was cool. I saw it was cool. And so uh, I hope that uh, people are out there celebrating summer in their own little kinds of ways. Angelo, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at uh, Angelo Fjorin on Twitter, which I never really go to, and also on Instagram. At Angelo Fjorin. Yes. Why would I have to repeat that? I don't know. Brian MTL (laughs) over on Instagram and Brian Hasty. Uh, with uh, Brian with an eye over on Twitter. Hit me up, send me messages, send me DMs. I, uh, I'm open for a digital business. Me too. And I usually answer. 
Usually, yes. Mostly. Yes, exactly. I mostly and that, come out at night. Mostly. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. Uh, you know what? I actually uh, pulled out my Alien box set, so I might go watch Aliens later. And that's not on your 30 and 30 list? No, I don't think my wife can handle that. It's a lot of violence and um, scary, uh, jump scares. Is uh, True Lies on your no, list? No, that is one of my wife's favorite movies. We've actually watched it twice. Yeah, that's a good movie. And uh, we watched uh, Last Action Hero a couple of weeks ago. We're just talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger a lot this episode. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, in my infatuation with him, even though he's a bad man who was, you know, uh, scandalously uh, cheating on his wife and birth a uh, child out of wedlock, right? Yeah, but these days, that doesn't seem that bad. <sighs> Declining moral <laughs> values, a moral decay happening here on Donald. On Donald I can't even say our podcast. On Donald Density? On Donald Density, yes. Uh, tune yes. in next episode as we try to decipher what exactly Angelo means when he says Donald. Desley, Angelo, I will see you around, friend. Bye. <laughs>